I think Sean is in on the waiting room right now. So let's see. Huh, McConnell's calling me right as uh, right as uh, I'm starting the stream. You have to, you know, if, if I didn't have a guest coming on in a second, McConnell, I would have, I would, I, I'd put you on air right now. I'd put you on the spot. But today is not that day. Let's see what's going on. Um, dude, not even dropping the ball in the music. I'm on point with it. All right. Coming up right now is Sean V. Planet. As I said before, he is a Christian American streamer located based out of Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee, podcaster, blogger, all around good artist and a good dude. Let's get the guy on in El Rumo. We'll see what the guy has to say. Where's he at? Admit it. it oh, I got to put me up there. This will be an episode of Call Me Ignorant in a couple days. Thank you guys for joining us during the stream this evening. Yo. Hello. Hello. Connected. Do you hear me? Hey. Hey. What's going on? What's up, man? Hey, Sean. How's it going? <laughs> How <laughs> welcome, are you? Welcome on the show, buddy. I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Thank you. Doing very well. How are yourself? Nice. Yeah, I'm doing well. It's good to have you on. I think, is this your third uh, the time on the stream or the fourth? I know you're on earlier this year, like within the last six Ooh. months and definitely once last year, but is it, is it number three or number four? I think this is actually number two on your show, but you've oh. been on my show twice. Oh, did you so not come on the confusing. show last year? Like, like in tw- oh, I was on your, I've been on your show twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. i've actually i've caught the last couple of your streams have been really good you've been talking about like masculinity like biblical masculinity and i don't know man one thing i want to talk about first was just like you know the word secular is so like such a dirty word just because like as christians we want like everything to be seen through the lens of of god and stuff like that and it was kind of interesting that you did the like secular perhaps maybe like scientific masculine masculinity episode i thought though it was really good though but um I don't know. I guess my question is, is there room for like a secular point of view, like whatsoever as a Christian? I tend to think kind of, kind of no, like, but you know, it appeals to people. So what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, same. Yeah. No, really? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just better though. You know what I mean? It's that idea of like, can you have morality without God? Mm. You know, I mean, that's kind of where morality comes from. Like your morals need to come from the truth that is, you know, the works of the creator you know what the creator gives us and creates for us. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm one of those guys that thinks like, at least let's have people try to be good. Even if they're like degenerate heathens, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and just kind of like get them headed in the right direction. And I feel like if you can do that, if you can motivate someone to kind of get their life better, they're going to start maybe seeking truth because they're going to be wanting to improve their life. Like they're going to be seeking out improvements to their life. And maybe that'll get the ball rolling on eventually them, you know, accepting the gospel as truth and living that out. You know, it's like if you can kind of get the ball rolling on someone being a better person, they're going to keep going. How can I be a better person? How can I be a better person? Because that's what honestly, that's what happened to me. I mean, it was like one of those, you know, Jordan Peterson kind of things. You know, it's like I find like Owen Benjamin, Jesse Lee Peterson, you know, those people. It's like it really encourage you to be like a better man for the most part but they still don't really lead you to truly like the gospel. Like you're eventually like you have to seek out what is good, true and beautiful out there, which is the gospel truth. 
um, which is like the salvation you need. But if you're trying to like get yourself better and become a better person and you continue on that journey, eventually you're going to find the truth, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, so yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there where, you know, the person like you can do acts, good acts, even if you're an atheist, you can do terrible acts, even if you're a Christian and, uh, but that doesn't mean – I mean I do believe that there's only one source of true morality, and that's that's God. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean do you th- – I, I saw – just I'm looking up a tweet right now. I didn't even like plan this, but I, I'm in a group chat over there on Twitter where it, someone put a uh, tweet where it said, unless you believe in God, there's no morality without God. And I agree with that. But it was from – and someone in the group chat said it was the worst take they've ever seen in their life. <laughs> you know what i was like yeah. what that's like yeah. the best take i've ever seen in my life yeah. good luck to you buddy <laughs> yeah like I mean, like when you're done when you when you're done with your suffering come talk to me you know when you want the answers that you need um i'll be here ready and waiting to talk to you about the yeah. truth that you need you know the love that you need right yeah so i mean I, I i saw you go through kind of like the social sexual hierarchy and things like that i've done a lot of streams on that myself and i was in the grocery store listening to your stream just like playing the like the vox day um breakdown of that and things like that but you know i, I have some questions about that like how situ- like people say they're like a situational alpha or like a you know a, a unwilling alpha or just a situational bravo or whatever and if people listening haven't listened to those streams those lessons from vox day they they can do it or whatever but you know um how situational do you think it is you kind of gave your own breakdown of what you are it's that you're willing to fit like an alpha role but because you haven't really been in a position where you've been around too many like strong leaders would you consider yourself a leader um, I mean, yes, yep. by default, I'm not a great one. I'm still figuring that out. Um, my whole life I've been one that's banded that responsibility, mm. but I think all men are born as leaders. Yeah. I mean, I think as men, whether you like it or not, whether you're a good one or not, like you are a leader yeah. and you're going to be. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. What are you going to do? You- not lead your own life. I mean, of course right. we well, were led right. by Christ, but like at the end of the day, not at that, at the end of the day, it's Christ, but like, we're, you got to put your on, you, you got to put on your own pants and shit. When I was kind of a scumbag, I'm like, there were weeks, sometimes weeks that I wouldn't even throw them on. Right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, think, in that yeah. video, I mean, I, I explained, cause you know, I really am not like an alpha my whole life. I mean, I think just by default if you're like the younger sibling of a family Mm. you know like or you're like as you're growing up you're not as like you're not like the number one on your baseball team or something i think you just by default kind of not you become not an alpha i think alphas are really kind of born and bred early on and almost by their environment like it's not really a choice and kind of when you're like a teenager and in your 20s you just kind of are or you aren't and so i'm not you know, I'm just yeah. not, I'm like a younger sibling. I'm a, yeah. I, I'll, 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 t- I'll take this, you know, take the, take the back seat and let someone talk, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I kind of, am just good about being like, okay, man, like you can have it. If you want it, take it. That's cool. Right. But yeah. that being said, which I explained on the stream um, is, you know, I lived in California for 10 years and there's a big depletion of, al- of uh, <laughs> a drought of alpha males out there. You know, everyone wants to be, a weak little gamma males or whatever you want to call them, the emotional males, beta, betas. Betas. (laughs) They want to be in charge, but they aren't actually qualified. They aren't actually suited to. 
So I'd find myself in situations where I'm like just at jobs and in friend groups and stuff like that, where like, I just kind of have to be like, all right, let me make the plans. Let me, <laughs> let me like, like my friends are beefing. Let me like get them together in a room and talk about this and work yeah. it out. You know, I kind of was, I kind of found myself in a position where I had to like do that, but you're a Tennessee man yourself. Now, you know, now that, uh, you know, Tennessee boys are a little different. You're, you're running into alphas a little more. In your yeah, that's life. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. To, I mean, I've also noticed that, you know, in the world of the internet where you like have a live stream and you're like have a blog or whatever. Everyone's kind of got a channel these days. And, you know, my <laughs> yeah. point is that there's less organizations, even when when you're with friends and things, there's there's not really a goal. Usually, like you're not trying to, like, achieve yeah. anything, maybe other like lift, lift each other up, support each other, go hang out. There's not like a goal or whatever where you're like trying to build something. And I think that in order for there to be. Well, I mean, there's a hierarchy either way, but I'm saying the real hierarchies establish themselves when there's a goal and there's actually something being built. And when you're you're always going to be the alpha of your own blog, (laughs) you know, like 100 percent of the time, like I'm the the alpha of my own stream. Like, of course, you know, but, you know, there's a lot of you know, I wanted to ask you about your your new job, too, because like you're in a situation where you guys are like literally and figuratively building stuff and i see you've gotten yeah. you've gotten some sun for sure oh yeah yeah absolutely. you're like so much more tan the last time i saw you um yeah. so you lost yeah. like 25 pounds Great. in the last like I three months it. and yeah. i'm just constantly burnt like my mm. skin shade is just red i have a, a mixed you know funny based black mixed you know co-worker uh-huh. and i'm always just joking with them like can I can I drop the hard R now? Yeah. <laughs> am I dark enough where I can drop the hard R? I'm like, I'm like, am I red enough where I can start yeah. reclaiming some land? You know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's good. And he takes it well. He sounds cool though. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. He's real yeah. cool. He's gonna be on my stream sometime in the future. Good. He's I love it. Yeah. A base black or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he gets it. He gets you guys it. are like building retaining walls and stuff. Like, like what do you? What's yeah. the actual? It's, it's construction. Yeah, I guess the term is hardscape. It's kind of like landscape, but it's instead of, you know, cutting the grass, you're more like building stuff. Like you're building retaining walls and patios for people, like the actual physical moving rocks around, putting them in place. Um, It's pretty intense. Right. And my boss, you know, the guy I was talking about is um, Alpha, just true Alpha, career Marine. He was a Marine drill sergeant, rose up to like the ranks of a major, Um, comes back to Tennessee and is like, all right, like, what am I going to do for work? I feel like that's probably a big problem for a lot of people in that right. path is like, what do I do now? Like, what do, like that was kind of my purpose. Like, what do I do now? Mm. So he started in landscaping and was just like, yeah, this is kind of gay, you know? <laughs> so someone was like, hey, can you build me a wall? And so he's right. like, yes, I can build you a wall. I will do this. And he just step-by-step step figured it out. Cool. And now he has this company, multiple trucks, big giant shop, you know, every day he's kind of trying to like grow the company. Yeah. Um, and so he's, he's, kind of chill now i mean he obviously he's not like our marine drill sergeant but his attitude is just that it's a permanent state of that it's go 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 he's right there in the trenches with you like carrying we carry i mean giant 70 80 pound blocks all day i mean it's giant pallets of 50 blocks and it's like you gotta unload it go 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 and he's right there with you you know so it's like actually really awesome having a boss that is not just sitting in some seat barking out orders and you're just like uh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> you want to help or you want to, you want to ease off. It's like, 
he's actually the one right there with you, like telling you to pick up the pace and go mm-hmm. because you're actually getting in his way because he's carrying these giant blocks in front of you faster than you are as right. like a 45 year old man, you know? Did, um, did you yeah, have to? Awesome. Did you have to? Tr- what was training like? I mean, did you know how to build stuff before <laughs> this? Like, like, or did you just like they just say go and you do as you know as the Romans do? Yeah, I mean that's wow. yeah. I mean, the hiring process was, I got a phone call from this guy and he was like, uh, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, it sounds dope. Like I'm ready for a challenge. I need to like, you know, just not be as comfortable in my life and get some skills some the homesteading skills and yep. um, just kind of, you know, push myself beyond my limit, wake up early, work hard all day in the, in the elements, you know, kind of get out of that like house cat mentality and you know, like an out yard, outdoor junkyard cat mentality. And they're they're like literally we don't really do interviews. It's just like welcome aboard, and if you can hang, welcome aboard. Cool. And if you can't, you're gone. <laughs> cool. That's, so that's, that's the way it's just, supposed to be, yeah. man. That's the way yeah. it's supposed to be. I, like this, yeah. There's so many problems with like I never made it in the employment world. I mean, I you know I worked for this music store behind the counter for like a year until I started learning how to be a teacher. And I was like, okay, this is what's up. Like, this is what I yeah. like, but like the employment, I just think there's massive <laughs> problems with it. Like, but like that sounds great though. Cause there's not this like weird, like faking gay transition. Pro- I, don't, I can't really describe it. Cause like the, yeah. in, like interviews, I can charm your face off, but that's not the, the work. Like the work is how you can, the work is how you either are like liked or hated. You know, like most people, when they're they start a job, like everyone likes them within a couple of weeks, or everyone hates them within a couple of weeks, and because <laughs> yeah. it's how they do the job and how they like interact with people while doing work. So that's that that seems like the way to way to do it. Just throw them to the wolves, and if you can yeah. hang, yeah. Did you get hurt? And at it's all? just a very oh yeah every every week I'm getting hurt. Yeah, wow. <laughs> every week it's something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, dropped a block on my toe yesterday. It's uh, maybe broken. <laughs> And then, and then just one of those things you're like okay go like keep going like you don't stop like i don't care if your toe's broken or not you know you yeah. got walls to build we got stuff to do right it's one of yeah. those mentality work and i mean it's in what you're kind of what what you're talking about it's a very like merit-based thing it's like at this job i mean there's old people there's young kids there's me in the middle there's you know hey i'm a a sheltered little boy who didn't have good parents from California, you know, make me make a man out of me. And there's some people who are like on the job that are like, I've been a rancher since I was 10 years old in New Mexico, you know, <laughs> you know like 40 years. I've been like a rancher for 30 years. My family's been ranchers their whole life. Like I kind of get it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter. It's like a merit-based system. Like you got to show up and you got to pick that block up and put it in place. Like they don't care what your story is. They don't care what your skin color is how old you are, how young you are, what your skill set was beforehand. It's like, learn how to use this saw, cut that concrete, put it in place, go. You have people, you know, you have other people behind you raking gravel. You have to compact the gravel. Someone's got to carry the block. And if you're slacking, you're holding other people up. Mm. So it's like, you got to go, you got to, right. you got to get this done. You know, there's no real excuses to be made. And it's just amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, I love I, that, you know, priceless it's, skills, man. I mean, like, this is like how I, you know, I was, one thing I wanted to ask you about is just like, is, I don't know if the right words like jealousy. I tend to think that like jealousy is not that good, but I'm like, 
you run like you said i i live in tennessee now and i i I run into all kinds of people that are like i'm like how'd you learn how to build she's like i started when i was seven and i did it until i'm 57 (laughs) and i'm like oh you know what i did zero of when i was going to build anything you know and i was you know when you mentioned your your boss is like a career marine i also have that that like notion of just like regret when i like if you look at the u.s military's you know, actions over the last like 40 years. I certainly don't, wouldn't want to like serve given what they have done. But whenever I talk to like a, a older military guy, I'm like, damn, I missed out on something like something to do with like the discipline of, of the military. But do you, do you ever like wish you would, would have served or like, how do you deal with, I mean, you kind of just described how you would deal with like the quote, let's call it jealousy of like, or like the missing out um, uh, on building when you're young is you just, just freaking do it <laughs> and, you know, because yeah. there's people depending on you. But like, do you ever wish you would have like served in the military or, you know, had more experience building stuff when you're younger? No, not at mm. all. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, we've, we've talked about our journeys too. I mean, my whole life I was very, um, at least my adult, like from, from like the age of 19 on, um, just very libertarian anti-war, like aggressively anti-war yeah. to the point where I'd just follow anyone that was like, war is bad. And I'm like, yeah. you're my new favorite guy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and you kind of work, you're, you're going to work out of that phase, right? You find God and you kind of realize what's happening. You realize the battle's not physical and whatever, you know, all the stuff you're kind of mentioning before, before I was on stream, like, you know, the kind of like the political solution and stuff. Is it worth it? Is it not? Is it, is it, are you, should you engage or not? Yeah. Um, but I just think, by default, I mean, I, not by default, but like, I just never would have joined. And obviously now it's like too late. Like I'm 30, <laughs> not disciplined enough. Um, I'm also not like gay or trans, so I wouldn't rise very right. high in the ranks. Yeah, you'd be like too screwed. offensive and anti-vax. You gotta snip it, you gotta to... snip it first, yeah. Gotta... <laughs> I wouldn't really work in the military these days, so I'm not, you know, fake or gay or trans. Right, or yeah, I, w- I was yeah. gonna say that being in the military these days requires you putting something in you. Like, right. <laughs> like whether it be, be you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We wouldn't make it. Now, do, yeah. You know, if there's if there is like whatever I a wish I wish would have happened in my life, it's just you know better parents, mm. that kind of thing. And then at that point, you can't sit there and linger on that victimhood of like, oh, poor me, I had bad parents that didn't teach me real yeah. useful skills. It's like, okay, just be a better parent. Okay, now you become a good father. Okay, now you have children and you make sure that you're a much better father than like your father was. And that's kind of the mentality is like, at the end of the day, you can wish for whatever to change, but you were given the life you were given for a reason. And it teaches you what you need to know for a reason. And there's a unique and beautiful plan for your life. And if you linger on the past and want to like change the past, I think you miss out on what's going to be coming in your future. You know, Mm, you stop taking those steps forward into your destiny. Yeah, that's very insightful. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's like, it's very human. I kind of think that like regret or like wanting to change the past is very much like, you know, you're kind of playing God because you want to be like in charge of time. You know, you want to be like everywhere at once, all powerful, all knowing. And you're like, oh, if I could have just. It's like you can't because you're a human. Like, shut up about it. I, I, I've always had, struggled with it, but it's just like you, you just can't do it. So what do you do? You kind of rise above the things you're talking about, stay positive, serve God now, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah every moment of every day, you know, right. as difficult as it may be or as much as you could be led astray by the things in your, in your way, you know, the things in your environment, the people around you. Um, 
the satanic battle happening, yeah. <laughs> spiritual battle happening in and in and around you at all times. Right. I mean, so many things are going to try to lead you away from your walk with God. Um, yeah. But it's just so so important to just keep maintaining that, whatever it takes to get you there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's complicated. You know, you kind of mentioned it a second ago, and like you said, I was saying this off stream. So this is going to be like one of the main themes that we talk about today is just like kind of the role of politics because I, me and you come from extremely similar backgrounds. Like before, like libertarian you know, background and, you know, before I was even interested in politics, I was like into basically being a gamma, <laughs> like, like basically like, like, be, like, like being a simp, uh, like yeah, being a simp, being like, uh, like smoking a ton of weed. So like, I don't know if like that, I know you've mentioned like previous drug use and stuff like that, or just like, you know, getting messed up. And so we kind of have a, a similar path. And I, I, I think that one of the ways that we're a little different now is I'm way more like in, to politics i recognize it as like you know definitely a big element of being extremely fake and gay and but i don't think it's evil and then like if i could wait if i could like rub my hands together right now and like make every <laughs> every politician christian i would i and like rather than like abolishing politics and like abolishing government because i don't think that's kind of like playing one is possible the other isn't like it's possible for like most politicians to be christian it's not i don't think it's it's part of like dare i say god's plan for like government to be gone like i'm not an anarchist i'm not i don't think that's i think that's kind of weird i think like the ultimate form of anarchy is atheism because you're like saying no rulers and christ is our ruler so you know i know i didn't i actually didn't watch your interview with the guy from the new columbia project um it's on my it's on my list, but they're like a political movement or a political g- group. I mean, even if they're saying through cultural means, like at some point you need someone in office or something like that. So I guess quick question would be, do you see pursuing a political, uh, a political solution as like part of serving God? Overall? Yes. Mm. Like, do you mean just in general or do in you mean like specifically me and you right now in America? Oh, like, well, I mean, we can, that's what I was, that's what I was going to get yeah. into next. Because I mean, well, the thing is that the, the thing about uh, me and you as citizens in America right now, it's more of a possible thing. Not an, uh, like, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if there's like this real <laughs> thing that we can be had right now, but I do. Yes. I do mean, mean in general. In general, yes. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm just starting to really come to the realization that democracy is just a scam. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it is like literally it's fake and it's, it's a scam. Yeah, it's fake. <laughs> like almost like everything it about is, it. Yeah, fake, yeah. 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 I started opposing democracy for the first time in like early 2019, like in 2017 and 2018, I did the vast majority of my political reading where I like became a hardcore libertarian and I read all of the, like the necessary materials for that. And I read like religious stuff and almost like religious right-wing stuff since then and democracy is like super fake and gay like it, it's beyond <laughs> it's beyond the pale and it's like i think it's immoral too yeah i mean yeah it's compliance it's forced compliance hmm. i just genuinely think and i used to laugh at people who would be like we need a monarchy but i think just generally that's kind of what you need you need you need a ruler like a, a ruler that kind of has absolute authority and if you're talking about Christian, like a biblical, like government that you want to set up, it's going to need to be one person who is who you who the population genuinely believes is appointed or put there by God mm. to rule. Um, whether he is or not, I mean, it has to be perceived that way by the population. And I think the ruler has to have skin in the game. 
you know, it has to be, and I, you know, again, I used to laugh at it, like all oh, the stupid British idiot, inbred, dumb, you know, <laughs> children of children of inbred <laughs> retards over there. Like, you know, the son, the dumb idiot retard son inherits the throne and doesn't know what he's doing or whatever. But that's kind of, I think, the smartest way to ensure that a king rules well, because he has to leave his kingdom for his son, you know, or his offspring. And then he has to make sure that, you know, I mean, the, the, the rule itself is lifelong. It's a lifelong appointment. And then it's going to be carried on through your bloodline for another lifetime. So you actually have to make sure that your people love you. Dude, you know, you have thanks. to constantly, you have to constantly be making the people like you have to govern well, you know, and you have to make sure your government governance is so good that it carries on after your life and into your sons and your grandsons and your great grandsons lives, you know, yeah. We have a democracy. I mean, in four years, you can just walk away, get paid a bunch of money for whatever evil crap you did along the way. You know, there's no stakes. You can yeah, just kind of walk nothing. away. You can just retire. I mean, look at George Bush, you know. I mean, George <laughs> Bush just clearly bought and sold by so many different corporations, did all this stuff, changed all these laws. Patriot Act was probably the worst thing that happened to America. You know, like, you know, that's debatable, but just one of the worst things that could have happened was like, the Patriot Act and, you know, the never-ending wars and all this stuff. And then what happened? Like, after eight years, he just kind of walked away and retired. And ever since, it's just like, having a good time, George. Like, I'm painting myself in a bathtub and, like, <laughs> living very wealthy. I'm like a ranch somewhere in Texas. Like, ha, 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 ha. And it's just like, where are the stakes in the game? I mean, if he had a lifelong appointment, I mean – at some point the people would literally drag him out of his palace and kill him, you know, and that would motivate him to make sure that doesn't even happen at all in the first place. And that would motivate him to not be like corrupted and bribed and saw his country. Yeah. You know, when you have like that actual like skin in the game, you're going to govern better than I think a democracy where you can just kind of walk away after a few years. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I definitely, I'm no expert yeah. obviously, and I don't know how to like correctly point like explain myself very yeah, elegantly. that's you hit the nail on the head with that really stuff makes sense it, you yeah know, to me, i you know? i believe i dude most like truly based people i know like think a monarchy is is what's up if it like not even if it's good i mean what do we have na- what we have now is not good and it's always yeah. if it's good like an, i guess a good oligarchy would be good but it's i would say it would be worse than a monarchy and it like yeah what you're saying makes perfect sense dude uh one thing I would say that I'm not I'm not like disagreeing with you on this one. Um, we probably will disagree in a little bit, uh, but mm-hmm. um, it says in the Bible that all powers are ordained by God. I mean, if you, like it's right. it says right. it it says it explicitly in a few of the different epistles. So you you mentioned earlier about like at least even if it isn't, the perception has to be that's ordained by God. You know, uh, I think that either way, if if they make it into power for real, it is ordained by God. And it could be like a judgment right, type thing. Right. If you look at the yeah. Old Testament, the whole thing, if you read Chronicles, Kings, it's all like this king got into power and he did gr- good in the sight of the Lord or he did bad in the sight of the Lord. And then like what happens after that is either judgment or, you know, basically surplus. And, you know, so, you know, that's why, why I think it's like I do respect – I do think that the the people – like, I think that clearly, even though these terms fall short, is like there's the left and the right. 
right now. And I don't consider like Ben Shapiro to be the right. I <laughs> the consider, directions. There's yeah. two directions you can pick from. Yeah, That's but I, I consider the right to be in, yeah. uh, clearly more Christian. And like, and I, I'm not in power, but I'd say I'm, I'm right wing. I say I'm right wing. I think you're right wing, even if you don't like say that you like, are. You're, I'm, wait, hold on. I'm not right wing. Mm. I'm very right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I've been I saying think you and I are just very, very right. I've been you know? saying extremely I've been, right. I've been saying correct wing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, whereas, like, yeah. almost the yeah. whole like Enlightenment American thing is liberal. Like, it's a li- it's like a liberation rather than a, yeah. it's like a secular liberation type deal. So, people that we like Ben Shapiro, whatever, I would consider him to be like a liberal. And the people that are on the left to be like crazy as shit, you know. Um, and so I think that the, like the the new right or whatever you call it, the dissident right, the the actual Christians, they're go- doing good things because there's government's going to be there, and this like commie swar- leftist swarm is taking over, and eventually it will come for us, even if we like decide to tune out and just build and crush. Not bad mouthing, building and crushing. Building and crushing is like absolutely <laughs> necessary. Like raising the next next generation, learning skills, all the things we've been learning about for two plus years is very necessary. But I think politics is is necessary. That's why, like for like a lot of people on our side, like the conspiracy, you know, bears, former bears, like badmouth politics. But I like people like, for instance, like Nick Fuentes. I'm a huge fan. Even though his fans, you know, I'm one of his fans, but I'm not Spurgy like that. But I think those people are filling a, a role that's very, very important. And if they weren't, then like Ben Shapiro would be the furthest right person. And that's very bad. <laughs> like that's very bad. If like Glenn Beck yeah. is the far is the far right. <laughs> do you, yeah. what do you, how do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I like to respect Nick Puentes a lot. My problem is just, I think people that really do get that involved in politics and they kind of spend their lives in that political sphere and that political mindset. um, I think it does really end up just complaints. It just turns into someone complaining, which fine. We need that. Right. When things are wrong. Yes. We need to be like pointing out that there's evil in the world. There's bad things happening. This is dumb. This is stupid. This is wrong. Like complaints. Yes. Check. We need that. I'm not discouraging that. But what are you doing about it? Yeah. But what is the next step? Yep. And I don't advocate necessarily for taking yourself out of politics. I just think you should be focusing all of your time and energy on your garden, Mm. not the world. Yep. You know, like when these debates start happening, you know, I mean, I honestly, I haven't kept up with anything Joe Biden's doing. Yeah. But the Tennessee state government, you know, what's happening in Davidson County versus Williamson County, which are counties by Nashville, which is where I live. Um, you know, I'm more like, let's go to Wilson County and crush, dude. That sheriff is based. Yeah. He's not shutting churches down. He's getting rid of all these mandates, regardless of what the state says. Yeah. I think you need to focus your energy more on like your county and your community level, in your church, in your home. Um, and I think you should be very politically active. Mm. I just think getting online and complaining about Joe Biden is just like starting to be a waste of time. You know, oh, the yeah. same thing, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden or Trump, whatever, yeah. you know. I mean, my family for the last four years got on Facebook and complained about Trump every single day. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, wow. What, how productive is this? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. What? yeah, we get it. He's a Nazi or he's orange or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But like, also they're like 
you know, going bankrupt. <laughs> their lives are a mess. Their children hate them. They're, you know, there's like okay. stuff in that they're like, not they're not even able to handle their own lives, but like they're spending all this time and energy complaining about Trump, you know, some or- supposedly orange man bad across the country in a big fancy building in Washington, DC. Mm. You know, it's like if they were to actually focus on California, maybe they wouldn't have gone, you know, fully retarded in the last year, <laughs> completely ruined their own economy. You know, all these laws wouldn't be passed that are just, you know, letting the wolves indoctrinate and devour the children. You know, there's just so many bad things that are happening in California that if they focus their time and energy on fixing that place, fixing their community and their families and their homes, tending to their own garden, instead of like complaining about the world, I just yeah. think they'd be much You're better. You're right. That, that's, that's totally true. That's, that's why I just like... Yeah, I don't I kind of don't listen to what the common complainer even says. And I think there's some people that do complain, but there's not that many good live streamers that don't at least talk about solutions. So like the people, yeah. this is like a gay word or whatever, but like the the word the commentariat, it's like the the, the commentator class <laughs> um that like the pundits or whatever and like I I guess I'd be you know, on, you know, one of them at this point, but not like a big one, but just like the people that have the, the something to say about stuff. You're just, you're not a good one unless you present some sort of solution. And, uh, you're, you're definitely right about that. You got to clean, clean. It's, it's biblical, man. The, there's this plank in your eye and right. you're talking about the speck right. in someone else's eye. So well, like to use you as an example, real quick, like, let's say, you know, I've, you know, I know you, I know the streams, but let's say you're getting on these live streams and you're just complaining about the world. You're complaining, you're complaining, you're plenty. Whatever, that's great too. You're also going in your backyard and getting your own eggs. Yeah. Right. You're like going and teaching music to people. Right. You're going and like playing music. Like you're going and doing stuff. So yeah, like what you're seeing is a screen for an hour of people complaining. Even that in and of itself isn't bad. Right. I just think I you need to be, people need to be actually going into the world and making their community a better place. Yeah. True that. Um, whether you're seeing that on the screen or not, you know. Oh, you're just complaining. It's like, yeah, well, you don't know me. You know, the rest of my day is spent gardening. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, like volunteering in the community. Like, you're not seeing the good I'm doing. So I'm not really anti-complaints or anti-being like, a, you know, commentating on, on politics. But I just think you need to match that with actual activism, like actual real life, not just to be seen, but actually to like make an impact activism in the world. And it's in your community. It's in your environment. Um, yeah. We are called to tend our gardens, not God's garden, you know, <laughs> and going back to what you're saying, like, I think all government is ordained by God. Um, I guess the point I was trying to make when I was kind of thinking of what I was saying earlier is like uh, Nebuchadnezzar, like Babylon, you know, the Jews are sitting here kind of, kind of complaining to God. Why did you let this horrible empire conquer us? And God's like, you have no faith, <laughs> you know, mm. you need to be basically shown a lesson, taught a lesson. And so he used someone, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was extremely godless. I mean, he's literally described as being so unfaithful that he turns into like a ravenous beast, like walking on, (laughs) walking on his belly, like eating grass, you know? Um, I mean, someone like that, like someone that's just clearly not a man of God doing God's work can be used by God to teach people lessons or to serve out punishments, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think even like George Bush, like complain about George Bush or whatever, it's like, all the bad stuff, quote unquote, bad or evil stuff he did, like God uses him for good. Whether George Bush is serving God or not willingly of his own volition, like whether he's trying to, he's serving God, whether he likes it or not. You know, all evil is done 
with permission by God to bring about something good in the future. Yeah. That's um, well one said. way or another. That's yeah. well said. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's and like just every, all government. Yeah. It's like every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess either way. And you know, there's a bunch of verses about how like even the demons believe, but you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. My, you know, last question before you know, we'll get into something maybe lighter or something not political in a second. One thing about, like, I don't know if this is regarding the role of government, but there's one problem in society that I see as so massive. I've talked about this a lot lately on my stream. See, I see it as so massive that it, like, needs a powerful state or, like, or it literally needs every single person in the world to, like, do away with it. And they're not. The citizens are not. More than half of the citizens are on board with this evil being good and i would say so this problem to me is i see it as like the whole like sexual deviancy uh realm of stuff and i lump abortion in with that i lump like teaching kids gay stuff in with that i i like i i lump like porn promiscuity all that i mean and like i don't even know i haven't polled all americans i never will and they never will when they poll people it's like three thousand people and then they're like all americans believe whatever but i mean i think maybe even like 75 percent of americans are like on board with like porn being like good (laughs) like like you know like maybe it's a little less than that but like then but certainly things like birth control and uh abortion being like necessary or something like that but i don't see this getting like i can do my part i do do my part i think a lot of people do but there's this like tidal wave of sexual degeneracy out there you know we just left you know sodomy pride month and like i think that this is such a big issue that like i can only see the state, if it's grassroots, it has to be like some miracle grow ass, like, uh, you know, human growth hormone, gr- miracle, like gra- grassroots. But I think that the state has a role in this issue. So if you if you don't agree with me, what do you see as the like solution for like getting, you know, cleaning up like essentially the sexual filth in the in the country? Yeah, I mean, well. If you're going to get to the what's the what's the root cause, it's right. sin, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, why is there bad things? Sin, <laughs> our fallen nature. What's the solution? Christ, right? Yeah. What's the solution? Giving your life over to Christ. Yeah. Seeking the Savior that you need, that you could like the salvation that you need that you'll never be able to give to yourself at all. Mm. Um, I think like people like you and I, you know, like white American male Christian loyal faithful servants, you know. We kind of get, we kind of are like, yeah, we might have flaws and we're figuring stuff out still, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you and I have conquered like our sexual problems. You know, we've conquered our drug problem. Like there's a lot of things that we've conquered and we're, we've overcome. So it's easy for us to point and say, look at that. That's horrible. Look at that evil. Let's stop it. Yeah. You know, without also pointing at other evils that maybe we don't see yet. Or we don't understand how, how bad they are yet. You mm. know, usury. <laughs> can I can I you know, can I like, interrupt for just one second? Okay, so yeah. here's the because this same I've had the same like debate or like this same thing has gotten brought up with like my last like five guests and I, I've kind of thought yeah. about what my difference is is like th- to me the difference between sin and the wicked is the operative point here where me and you are not sinless we repent for our sins and we've con- conquered certain certain sins with with uh with Christ's help okay but. The wicked to me are one those that call sin good and 
that's been happening for a while. But I'm saying that these the wicked try to call it good in society and influence the youngest and the weakest among us to participate in that sin and also call it good. So it's not like like I think usury is bad as well. Um, I hopefully if you like, you know, did an audit of me and said like, bam, 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 bam. You list like 50 things I've engaged in the last month that I would answer this questions properly and say, this one's bad. This one's bad. I'm trying to clean that up. I did that, but I repented and blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking about more like if we, I'm talking about basically like the, the issue of the kids. If we make it like super simple, it's like no amount of you, I mean, you could run for school board. You could try to influence the men around you, but this stuff isn't stopping without some sort of power. That's, that's my thesis. I would say it's like, it's not like we can get to the other sins, but I think there's a special level, like not as many people are running around telling kids that fractional reserve currency is good. You know what I mean? Or like that, like fiat currency is the best thing in the world, maybe with fiat. Cause that's just the dollar. But I think to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it is my thesis that this sexual thing, it's like a special, like the wages of sin are death, but this, there's like a special level of like worldly harm that people are pushing this like sex stuff and sex sustains life. And it's become an all inverted and per- perverted Regardless of other sin, I see, I see what you're saying, but like this one seems special to me. I might be wrong, but do, do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, uh, to you. I think that's the key word. It's special to you because, I mean, our kids are also watching very violent movies. Mm. They're watching drug glorification. All this stuff is right. just trauma. It's, what, is, what is Satan's goal? To destroy the family because that causes the most amount of trauma. And if you can destroy a husband and a wife, you're going to basically destroy the children by default. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, the solution is us, like me and you. You know, we can rant, we can try to get abortion to be illegal all we want. Stop abortions, like physically use the might of the law to fight to stop abortions. The true solution to stopping abortion is don't have one. Don't allow one to happen. And men, it's like you, you typically want to blame a woman for having an abortion. Oh, yeah. Not it wouldn't me. be possible without a man. Not me. A not man's me. immoral actions led to the woman being impregnated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. so it, it, at, at the end of the day, it really does come back to me and you and the person watching and listening to this. It's the individual. Are you walking righteously with God? Are you following him in his right ways? And again, it goes back to tending your garden. If you truly are living out a righteous life, you are truly trying to repent for your sins and overcome them and raise good, strong, healthy families. I think that's what we're called to do. We're not really called to worry about what's happening in Dallas if you're living in Nashville. Mm. You know, like, yeah, like, know about it. See what evil's up to. See the wickedness out there that you're describing so that it doesn't come into your community and into your family and into your church. Right. But I think at the end of the day, like, you have to really, the solution, if you want a solution, it's you. It's in you, and it's yep. your relationship with God. Are you truly walking with him and living out your call, you yep. know? Um, but I I don't think there's a problem with knowing the playbook of evil. Like, know your enemy. You know I mean? That's like a Sun Tzu tactic, right? Like, know your enemy so that when the enemy comes to your door, and you know, know how to stop it. 
Yeah, it's like and, and, and it's like have any power over you. Yeah. yeah well, Sun Tzu also said you have to. It's like I don't know. I'm not. I'm. Gonna, I don't want to butcher the saying, but he's like, if you know the enemy and don't know yourself, you'll have a certain amount of success. If you know yourself and not your enemy, you have a certain amount of sex. Sex, jeez. Um, success. Fail. No, no, no. Stop it. But if you know your enemy and yourself, then you'll like win every battle you have. Jeez, that was cringe. I'm. I'm glad we're alive. I've been kind of following the chat a little bit, but I'm going to read something that Caretaker just said. Remember, guys, in about uh, half an hour or so, we're doing the lightning round. So, and that's got to be fun, light stuff. Okay, guys, don't be pushing your 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 uh, ideology in this chat. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so Caretaker said, I, I just want to read this because it like speaks to what you were saying. The most weak, wicked thing is exposing children to all this sexual deviancy. For example, when the drag queen came to my library, I should have gathered people to shut it down. Instead, I, say, I stayed home. So, like, kind of speaks to both. I mean, because the individual is like the good kings, the good judges in the old uh, the Old Testament were individuals, and they had. So it kind of like it's kind of weird. It's like almost it's like a binary thinking thing, but it's like more circular because if you had the chance, it's like yeah. I mean, if if you had the chance to be king of America, would you shut the sex stuff down? That's my question. Um. See. It truly would depend, not to obliterate your question, but it would depend if I had a choice to become king or if God called me to be king. Well, you know I, mean, what I mean, like God if, if I truly men. was put into that position, mm. like to divinely serve justice, and I truly was like living a good prayer life, walking with him, living in his word, truly living as a very righteous man, right? Like divinely called to do so. Yeah, I would. Right. And I would do the best I could. You know, I'd take up the call. Do you, but I wouldn't – it just depends on how you're getting that power. Are you just – do you have a big, strong army, and now you're in charge? Well, you know? yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, you're never going to eradicate sin, you know, but it's like it, – first of all, I mean, I don't know – Because going back to Babylon is a good example of that, right? Like God did appoint Babylon to take over, right? Yeah. Like conquer the Jews. The Jews were to be in exile. It was to teach them a lesson, show them a lesson – um, you know, there's a whole big, I mean, the book of Daniel is amazing. If, yeah, you know, if anyone out there hasn't read it, it's just so full yeah. of gravy. It's amazing. It's a good example of like how to engage in the culture. When you feel like you're an outcast and you feel like you're uh, a righteous man in a wicked place, that's an amazing book to like learn, you know, read and learn from. But I mean, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a good man. Right. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a faithful man, but God used his rule to bring about something good, you know? Something that 3,000 years later, you and I can go, man, that's a lesson I want to apply in my life. Mm. You know, like there's ripple effects to the actions that were taken or the, the, the events that occurred. Um, but like Nebuchadnezzar, I don't feel like was, a, I wouldn't call him a godly man, you know, truly living out God's will and being a divinely appointed king. He was just used by God temporarily. Mm. So I think there's a difference when you're talking about like someone like King David. David was called. David had a purpose. David was a righteous man. And yeah, he, he slipped up and made mistakes, but he also repented for those mistakes. Interesting. He tried to overcome those mistakes. Yep. Like there's differences good point, man. in that rulership. It's like, how is it being appointed and how is it being carried out and lived? Um, so I think that's just kind of a, a caveat to that. If for some reason God called me to truly just be like a king of some province, I would just take up the call and do it as, as well as I could. And I would try to like carry out justice as I would see fit for God, not yeah. for me, not for the sake of America and be willing to lay your, your neck on the line. 
you know, to yeah. do what's right and not just to appease people or maintain your power, or your earthly status, your earthly treasure. Truly try to just be a righteous ruler. I, uh, I, uh, if I was your, uh, rare. <laughs> if I was your, if I was your advisor, like, and you were king, I would literally be on the megaphone, like with the, 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 uh, or the, the walkie talkie with like the drag queen story hour, I'd be like, Sean, like, shut it down. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, dude, you're called by God, bro. I mean, it'd be like Romans, what, Romans 13, one or whatever says that you're ordained by God, like, sh- like, shut it down, dude. Like, like <laughs> sweep up the streets. But yeah, oh, okay, no, I cool. I mean, yeah. I would. Yeah. And I agree with you, like, sexual, like, the stuff they're pushing sexually, I think, is probably one of the most wicked things you can do, especially to children. Right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah, for no. me and you to say that, it's like, yes, yes, shut it down, stop it. But there's a lot of sin out there that's also corrupting people and families, mm. you know, children, families, and communities and churches, everything, big, small, up and down. True. It's just evil. It's a battle of good and evil. True. So be good and fight against evil. Like, yeah. that's kind of the simplest way you can put it, you know? Um, yeah. And you can't do anything until you're saved yourself. You know, mm. I mean, you are a sinner and you need salvation. If that hasn't happened, if you haven't truly accepted the gospel and started living it out in and of yourself, whatever problems happening elsewhere doesn't matter. I mean, you have to start with yourself. You have to have you have to form and create and live out a righteous spiritual connection with God before you can spread that into the world. I mean, if you're not walking with God, how are you going to stop Storybook Hour? You know, yeah. it's just not going to happen. It might temporarily happen or. You might appear to you might appear to be doing good. You might pat yourself on the back or temporarily feel like a rush of high. You know, yeah, I'm doing good in the world. But if you truly aren't living out, you know, the gospel, you're not doing anything really truly meaningful or anything that's going to be long lasting. You're not actually going to be bringing glory to God. You're just going to be doing temporary, what you would call good, because everything a person does they deem to be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Internally. You're going to appear to be doing something good. You're going to get some kind of high, some kind of rush. You're going to pat yourself on the back. But are you truly doing good? Um, I don't think so. If you don't have the gospel living and thriving in your heart, if you don't have the Holy Spirit working through you, you know, and at the end of the day, that's kind of the key is you have to just be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be guided in the right direction and away from the wrong direction at all times, not just living in your physical earthly state, your, your mental state where you think you know what's right and wrong. You have to truly be led to what's right and what's wrong, you know, away from what's wrong. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So good. I'm glad I got your thoughts on that. That's very insightful. I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's, we are two individuals, but we also e- exist in groups and there's like a collective around us at all times. And we are like part of a family. We're part of, you know, where we both live in Tennessee. And I think it's that like, it's like situational. If you can do God's will in like every situation, that's like really good. That's like what you're supposed to be. Doing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to do the lightning round in probably about 10 or 15 minutes. But one thing I wanted to ask you about or just like I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because I don't know if you have these handy. But one thing I really enjoy about you uh is that you're big on definitions okay so i'm gonna ask you some questions and i a couple of them you've said before um and one of them you said on my on my twitter at one point oh i'm sorry it wasn't you it was not sean v planet 
um yeah. which I is don't not know who that is but yeah it's like a fan based but he sounds like you dude so i guess you maybe like copy and paste it from your, your website or something like that yeah. he's kind of based yeah oh you should join the live chat at some point um so so i'm gonna ask you some questions and i'm gonna ask you what some definitions are and so and we'll and we'll do the lightning round in about 10 minutes or something like that so um what is a man a man yeah a man is a someone who's born male who overcomes that spirit and turns into a righteously masculine man of God. Mm. Um, someone that just uses his whole heart, his whole soul, all his mind, all his might to do good works. Um, who leads others in him in the right direction. We were talking about it earlier, being a leader. Whether you like it or not, a man has to be a leader. Yep. And if you're not, sorry, you might be a little beta. You might be a little male. <laughs> you might be a gamma. Whatever you want to call it, you're falling short of being what is a man which I think is a special, a special like term that has to be earned in some way, mm, earned point. through faith and earned through good works. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can just by, by default be a man because you have a penis. No. I think that's a male. You are a male, but you know, there's two genders. You can be a male, but a man is someone who does good things and lives righteously. Right. Um, this just popped in my head. I don't know if I'm going to do this, but I, I talked to a couple people about it and, uh, I, cause I just looked it up. I'm considering, I'll just say I'm considering mm-hmm. going to Jesse Lee Peterson's man, manhood conference and, oh, yeah. li- and live yeah. streaming from there. Yeah, it's and in just, Florida, right? Yeah, you, can, you can drive down. Yeah, I can meet you, man. We can road trip oh, down. Oh, dude, let's okay. It's, <laughs> it's August fourteenth, so we don't have that much time. But I will, I will. I'm considering it. I'm. I told myself I would like, or I, you know, wanted to maybe not do the in real life thing at all this year after what happened, <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm considering it. But I like if I ever got in an interview with this guy, I would just be like Jesse. So do you love white people? <laughs> <laughs> uh jesse do you, do you hate the jews do you love the jews <laughs> so i just we're yeah. doing these definitions i'm not going to ask you the stock jesse lee questions but i just think it's so funny this guy is yeah. like one of the great <laughs> he's one of the greatest at what he does as far as like the he asks people the same questions every time but they give him answers where you like know you know what type of person they are by the way he answers they answer these questions right right yeah <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot. I mean, Jesse's one of the people that, I mean, it's a whole big thing, but I have yeah. so much respect for Jesse. But the more I actually do kind of live out a spiritual walk, the farther away I get from him because yeah. his, you know, his theology is very wonky. But yeah, um, but theology, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think he is, I mean, he's constantly seeking, right? Mm. He can be hard headed and stubborn, but he, I think he wants to be a righteous man. He just yeah. keeps missing it for whatever reason. Um, but I do think in general, he just gives a lot of good advice. He gives good advice. He's a good, he's a good example. Mm. And if you're in a really fallen state, you know, obviously he has a show called fallen state or whatever, but if you're in that fallen state and you're trying to get out of it, he's a good person to help like be a catalyst to lead you to Jesus. Yeah. But the problem is he does have this kind of mentality or this kind of following that kind of almost worships his word over the Bible. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, troublesome, right? Yes, I don't completely. <laughs> I'm not sitting here saying like he's in a cult. It's a cult. Shut it down. Hate him. It, you know, I get it. I agree with him on most things. I respect a lot of what he's done personally too. Like, I just have so much respect because he has led me to the Bible. Yep. It wasn't him who did it. You know, it wasn't him who saved me, but he helped catalyst that. You know, what my my process of getting there. 
So I have so much like personal respect for him. And just in the broader sense, like I think he is doing a lot of like some, you know, good things out there. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to really have a, a, a righteous connection to God and not to some man, you know, whether it be this person or that person or somebody you call on a radio show with or yeah. listen to on YouTube. You know? He's funny as shit though, dude. <laughs> this it's entertaining. Dude is one it's of the funny. funniest guys ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but just at the end of the day, it's just like, you can't take him too seriously as like a theologian or, you know, cross that line into being like an idol worshiper. He's definitely not like a pre, I, I, I cringe when someone's like reverend. When they're like he's reverend <laughs> or like pastor, I'm like oh, like to be fair, he does a good job shooting that down mm. a lot of times. But he also he runs like, a church, though. As a mean, church, yeah, dude, it's, the church is <laughs> so, so it's kind of a cringe, catch twenty two. Like sometimes people will be like pastor, he's like, oh, just call me Jesse. Yeah, I kind of like that. Okay, yeah, okay, you're not calling yourself. Uh, Are you, you coming know. to church though? Like, <laughs> but every Sunday he has a church. You know, it's like, well, just call it a meeting. You know, mm. yeah. <laughs> so it kind of goes back and forth between crossing that line of you know being the like trying to represent and speak the word of god and then also just going back across that line and just being a radio show guy an entertainer so that's kind of whatever you want to call it troublesome or um potentially bad (laughs) potentially dangerous so one of the the, um you know one of his stock questions is do you sin i'm not going to ask that one but what is your definition of sin yeah sin is just straying away from god Hmm. um living unrighteously Hmm. um it's technically is, is, you know, a lot of people would say like, um, falling short of upholding the law. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe, you know, according to Hebrews, according to Romans, the law is now in spirit, right? There was a physical law that people needed to follow before Christ, the old covenant, you know, um, the 10 commandments, the, you know, the spoken law, which, you know, that's the whole Pharisee thing. That's why the Pharisees were so bad is they had all this extra spoken law versus also the, the written law. And you are to uphold it and maintain it. And if you're falling short of maintaining and upholding those laws, you are, quote, sinning. I believe now that, you know, if you have a spiritual connection with the Holy Spirit, like to God through the Holy Spirit inside of you, working inside of you, you're led into the right direction and away from the wrong direction. And so if you're sinning, it's basically you're abandoning the Holy Spirit and chasing the world. You're going into yourself. You're you're seeking the flesh. You're seeking to do what you self-centeredly want to do, not doing what is righteous, not what you're called to do. Right. Um, so I do think like sin is basically you disobeying God. Yeah. And it's not necessarily here are the 10 laws. Are you doing them? Check yes, check no. But if you truly do have the Holy Spirit working in and through you, you're going to be led away from sin. Um and yes, I think we are all sinners. I, I kind of bought into that at first a little bit with Jesse because Jesse does, you know, his definition of sin is not, you know, I would just wouldn't agree with it. Right. You know, yeah. I kind of get it. You know, it's like one of those things like I kind of get where what he's trying to say, but I think he's just wrong about it. Yep. You know, he would say sin is like basically having hatred in your heart, which, yeah, like <laughs> that is, I mean, if you have hatred in your heart, you are sinning, right? But I just think it's a, it's bigger than that. It's broader than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's a tricky one because like it does say, I mean, Jesus does say if you like lust after someone in your mind, then you've already sinned, but it's like, it's hard for me to wrap. I mean, I kind of like, I, I agree with your definition. I mean, I definitely agree with Jesse Lee Peterson on this, but I agree with your definition, but also it like seems to me that sin has to be not has to, but like, it's hard to distance it from it like some some sort of action, but the mind can't act. 
the mind can like, I guess you can push your thoughts in a certain direction, like willingly or something like that. But it's like, it is straying from God, but just like, you know, if, you know, if me and you talk about like sports for five minutes, have we sinned? Cause we're not talking about God. You know what I mean? So I, I like really like intercepting these philosophical questions by like either thought experiments of like, I think we have not sinned personally in that situation. Um, but you are like distancing yourself from God and like I idolizing sports would be a sin. But at what point, what point have you crossed from, from being a fan to idolatry and what's like the, like the easement yeah. in between or whatever. I mean, I think like people have been debating this for more than 2000 years. Um, so we don't, we don't have to, I mean, like, you know, it's like, there's almost no theological debate we could have that hasn't been brought up, you know, at least five, 600 years ago, but it's just interesting. Cause it seems like it's an act. So that to me would be like the violation of God's law, but you know, it's just like the human mind and the, and, and spirituality is very like, I don't know, like fleeting, I guess, because you're not even like the same person you were five minutes ago. Like you're, you're entertaining new ideas. You're like things you could be getting distracted. You could be, you know, whatever, but it's, you know, people say, like you said, like, it's like missing the mark or whatever. Like that's what like phonetically translates to or whatever. But I think maybe it's a little bit of both. There's like a mind aspect to it. And there's also an action aspect to it. Like we're asked to uphold the 10 commandments. Right. So you know, like well, that's um, yeah. Good. Well, I, I can recommend to you and to all your listeners is a really good uh, podcast series on Spotify that I've been getting into. It's a deep dive of the Book of Matthew by Stephen Armstrong. Highly recommend it. It's just so full of gravy, so amazing, mm. and he really breaks down the Sermon on the Mount. And you know, it's just stuff. It, it, he's just so brilliant about like explaining theological concepts, historical um, relevancy. Cool. Stuff that you never really get, you know, from most churches or most YouTube videos or whatever. But the Sermon on the Mount, you know, it really explains how there was this oral law. It was called the Mishnah. And then there was also that Talmud, you know, the Talmud and the Mishnah, Mishnah, which was the whole problem with the Pharisees. It was, yes, they were really good in the physical sense of upholding the law. And they even did that by, like, writing their own laws because they were so good at it. You know, they were such good judges of the law. They were so righteous that they, they need to make more law because they know, they know God. And it, the big problem is just that they're like in this physical world, they're in this very physical mindset of the law, obey it. Yes or no. And then Jesus came and delivered the sermon on the Mount. And the reason he kept saying, you have heard it said. So there's these phrases that I just kind of glossed over when I read the Bible, which is like, mm. you have seen it written versus you have heard it said. Interesting. You have seen it written is God's written law by the prophets that were appointed to wow. do that. Wow, this is fascinating, you heard, man. You have heard it spoken or you have heard it said is basically like the, what the Pharisees tell you to do. Um, so there's a big problem with like sin. So a lot of the Sermon on the Mount, a lot of that, that stuff that people like kind of will quote out of context, like if you look at someone lustfully, you have sinned. Basically, he's responding to the Pharisees. Mm. He's, he's, he's arguing with the Pharisees in that point. He's refuting the Pharisees who were stuck in a physical mindset. And Jesus, the whole point is to connect spiritually to the Father. Mm. Like Jesus came to make a bridge between our physical, fleshly, fallen state bodies and the spiritual God. You know, and so like there's a lot of things like that that, you know, can kind of be taken out of context, maybe not like on purpose or, you know, with the bad, with a bad intention, but just kind of like, because they don't really understand the full context, what was going on. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I just think sin is when the spirit is leading you one way and you're choosing to go another Yeah. to put or missing the mark. You know, like we said, like that's kind of the textbook Bible study group definition or whatever. Yeah. But I just really truly think it comes down to when God is leading you in a direction, the right direction, (laughs) are you choosing the left? Are you going the other way? Yeah. And I think it's just such a range and such a spectrum that you can't point and say, this is a sin and that's not, because I think it really does involve you with a personal relationship with God and not just some bigger picture like law. And then I can just say, look, check mark, you're not doing that. Or X mark, yeah. you're not, you are, you know, you yeah. are aren't doing that. I think it really is like an internal spiritual thing. Yeah, Hard I think to quantify it's both. It's both. I mean, like it's both, right? Because it doesn't mean that's both. Because there, we yeah. are are told to do and not do certain things, but we're also, it's like, I mean, that's why I mean, like a lot of people when they say "thou shall not kill," you know, it's actually "thou shall not murder," because like you defending yourself is killing someone, right? And but that's not a sin, so I think it's both. You know, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I'm still like making up my mind on like what path I'm going to choose as far as denomination. We'll, you know, maybe get into that next time. Um, Same, yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> this one, my solution is just be a follower of Christ. Yeah. Pick up your cross and carry it. Follow Him. Yeah, you know, I don't think you need to get bogged down in legalism, the repetitions of churches. Yeah, if you do, fine. You know, I think church is just basically like a community meeting between believers. It doesn't need to define your faith. It doesn't need to be an, in, you know, in the middle of you and God, in the middle of your faith. I think it's like an aspect, basically a community event between believers. Hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that that's one next time. That's, that's a big one because I mean, I've been talking about that a lot. Yeah. And that we go for like three more hours. And that's also the thing is like I don't find yeah. that like yeah. – like, you know, this is no, no disrespect to you at all. But I just – I don't find that like – like me and you are experts on that topic. Like I, like there's, right. I, I yeah. like talking to people that have been in, around for like 40 years in the faith and like, they know like, like all kinds of, but it's like, but it's also, you know, no, I'm and, kinda, and good and good. Yeah. Like it's like people that are new. I mean, I'm, I'm like yeah. three years or two years into my thing. Uh, I came back to Jesus in tw- 2019, but um, one thing that you said, uh, I put out a tweet where I said, what is art? And you gave a slam dunk definition. Do you remember what your like definition of art is or what you said in that tweet? What's art, bro? Ooh, I'm not going to word for word be able to repeat it, but yeah, I feel... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see myself out. Uh... Right, peace out. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think art is like a physical representation of something spiritual, mm. kind of in, in a nutshell. Um, I think there's something spiritual and, and what it is, is just the pursuit of good, true, and beautiful things, right? In and of it's like, why are you, why do you do art? Because you're seeking something good, true, and beautiful in some way, whether it's music or paintings or whatever, a banana duct taped to a wall, <laughs> whatever's being called art. At the end of the day, it's just kind of like a physical representation, some, something that I could try sharing with you about my spiritual walk, you know, whether people know it or not, you know? Yeah, I mean, but I've asked that too. I used to have a podcast where I interviewed a bunch of like comedians and artists and, you know, that was kind of my fallen state day. So we'd like be getting drunk and high while we're doing it and stuff. Really? And I'd always ask these people like, uh, what is art? You know, and everyone like, like literal musicians and painters and models and all these people are just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, no one really can define it, but you can feel it. 
it's these people who are creating art, these amazing musicians who can, you know, it's just mind blowing what they can do on a guitar, mind blowing what they can do with a canvas in front of them, you know, with a, a can of spray paint in their hand and a blank empty wall, brick wall. It's mind blowing what, what art they can make. But when you ask them, what is it? They're like, wow. uh, I don't know. Yeah. So there's obviously it's like more of a feeling than it is like some kind of definition or some kind of like thing you can yeah. think of, you know, some kind of thing you can put into a box. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, I mean, a lot of art, when I've asked people this and when I've thought about uh, myself, people in the chat know Mitch McConnell smuggles Coke. He's been in Tennessee a couple <laughs> times. And we we were up one night debating this for like four hours, bro. We were up so late like debating this. And I don't – I need to like do some writing and, and come down to like um, – a good definition. I'm not sure if there is a definition. There's an element of like, you know, when it's not art, but one thing I'm like sure of is that it has to have an element of not physically necessary. You can't eat art. Now you can make food in an artistic way. You can, but you don't need art. You need food. And like, so it's like, that's why like the operative word is like almost in it can't be directly necessary to sustain life water like purifying water is not art i mean like the water is not art like you can use it for like artistic purposes but like you can't eat music i mean and it does say in the bible i guess maybe i'm contradiction contradicting myself where it's like man does not live on bread alone but from every you know every word that comes from god or something like that i butchered it sorry um <laughs> but it's like art it's not necessary for survival in like the worldly sense. That's the only thing that I've always like when someone has given their definition or like talked to me about it, like that was the whole debate. I was like, dude, like your like workout is not art. Your, uh, your farm, <laughs> you, you farming is not art. You can do it in an artistic way. You can do most life sustaining things in an artistic way. And I would call that like skilled. Okay. But, but art is like by definition one of the main aspects it's like has to be created by a human has to be created by a being right and it has to be there's an element of not being like not being physically necessary like life sustaining it's like it's there to glorify the things that are life sustaining um but yeah i like your definition of like it's the physical manifestation of the spiritual realm but like then yeah i mean i could yeah i don't know God. There's a really good uh, Jack White lyric, um, whether you like him or not. <laughs> that's not that's not the point. But he has this really good uh, song. I don't even know what it is. Ice Station Zebra. It's really profound, like little 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 lyric bit where he says, "Everyone creating is a member of the family, passing down genes and ideas in harmony." The players and the cynics might be thinking it's odd, but if you rewind the tape, we're all copying God. Copying God, copying you, like repeats it, and then he ends by that saying, is dope. "Add your own, add your own piece, but the puzzle is God's." Dang. And I like that idea of like Holy creation. Crap. Like you can sit there and pretend you're a creator. I yeah. created. I created. I created. There's one creator. Mm. You're just playing around with his creation. Cool. You're just editing his creation out there. Um, and so I like that thought of like food, like you, you know, or like you, you can edit things, but you can't truly create anything. Um, so you can like take materials and, and change it to make it aesthetically pleasing, but are you creating something? Like we actually throw that word around. I'm a creator. This is my creation, but it's not content, bro. You know, you're adding a piece to the puzzle that is God's, you know, in your work and in your life, like you are just one little part of the bigger picture. 
you know, it's a fantastic guy. That's fantastic lyric. And that's definitely super insightful, bro. Um, we're going to do the, uh, the lightning round in a second. So last definition though. Um, I don't know whether we, I've asked you this one before. I didn't get to listen to the last time you're on. So I'm sorry if you've answered this before, but uh, you got this like little tagline or whatever that you do, uh, like uh, faith, loyalty, hope. I believe that I got in the, the right order. Yeah. The one that I've personally struggled with the most in my life. I've always been a pretty hopeful guy. I, I'm, I don't think anything could make me like renounce my faith, but I've, I've struggled with like what loyalty is and when like to be loyal. I mean, if you're loyal all the time, that's like how to like be around like toxic people and sin all the time. You have to like the idea of like jettisoning the, the, the dead wood and things like that. So what is your definition and how do you see loyalty? Yeah. I mean, um, the, the story behind that is actually pretty interesting. I was like deep diving into my family history and, uh, you know, cause my, my parents, my aunts, uncles, grandparents didn't care at all about my family. You know, they, they just kind of abandoned all that heritage and history when I started to look back, like the Corey family is actually, you know, my name is Sean Corey. Corey family has this really long history of like oppression and being persecuted. Um, old priests in, you know, during the reformation in England that were just being like persecuted in their churches. Wow. And then left, you know, one, one, like a great super duper great uncle of mine was knighted by King Charles. And then like two years later, King Charles is like overthrown. So now all those people who were like in good favor with the King are like, uh, I <laughs> oh, want to get out of here. Shit. Wow. <laughs> like, can wow. you imagine like your family worked, worked its way up to being knighted? And then it's like, uh, by the way, you got to go now. Um, went to America and then um, Giles Corey was also like a super duper great uncle of mine. He was uh, in the crucible. He's the more weight guy where they're putting stones on him, you know, and saying, confess your wife's a witch. And he was just saying more weight. You know, <laughs> more weight because I'm not admitting my wife's a witch. You know, wow. really badass heroic thing. Cool. But the Corey family crest. Long story. It's a big, bit longer than that. Is um, faith, loyalty, hope. Wow. And I was just like, man. And I was still in my pot smoking days, so I was still like, whoa, dude. Whoa. Like, That's <laughs> <dope>. <laughs> wow. The more I go through life, I'm like, that is such a profound three pillars to base your life on. And it starts with faith, first and foremost, faith. And then I think after that, it's loyalty. Like, how are you living out your faith? And I think loyalty is, are you willing to forgive people for their wrongs? Are you willing to like be forgiven for your wrongs? Are you willing to uphold your contracts, fulfill your oaths, be a, a good member of the community? Like, and then what you're saying about sin, like, are you living out the law? Are you sinning or not? I think loyalty is just basically morality are you doing, are you living out your faith? Are you doing a good job of living that out, like doing good works and being a good person, um, which I think is so crucially after faith, like faith has to come first. And then after that, it's almost like then works, right? That's a whole debate, faith or works, faith and works. I think it's faith then works by definition. Your faith is going to inspire works to happen. Yes. And I think that's what loyalty really is. I mean, that's probably not literally the definition, but that's where it is but to that's me. That's I mean, the yeah. way I think it is. And then after that, it's hope. So in and up, while you're doing all of this, it's so crucial to have hope. Be looking optimistically towards the future. Be hope, looking optimistically towards your eternity and having hope at all times. Trusting in God's plan, you know? Cool. So as you're living out your faith, right? You have faith, you're living it out. Do it with optimism. Do it with love in your heart. Cool. 
That's a, that's great. That's a fascinating about your family, man. I love, I geek yeah. out on that stuff, dude. It's, like I, yeah. it's real sad that like the rest of my family members, like in the here and now just like could not care less. Dude, I'm like, dude, it's just like, it's just like books about my family. Crazy. You know? I mean, even on my mom's yeah. side is like Irish immigrants and they're just like, eh, whatever. Like we're just peasants from Ireland or something. How dare I'm like, you? How what dare you think from? that? Yeah, what? It's where hey, we came from, matter. man. It's where we came from. Like, like yeah, I had, I had family. I had uh, uh, ancestors on the on the Mayflower. Um, I, my middle name yeah. is named after like a, a pretty famous Confederate, uh, like you know, Navy general or captain or something like that. So I love this stuff, dude. I love other people's yeah. family story. It's important, dude. It's literally. I think where, it is where really came important. from. Yeah, it's I think heritage important. is really important. Yeah, yeah. very important. You um, did catch that stream of mine where I talked about the Men on Fire book. I think. You oh yeah, that. yeah. My last from thirty two. That's a big. He has like I think seven or eight crucial topics. It's like yeah. the fire of the fire of family, the fire of God, cool. the fire of. One of them is the fire of heritage, and I think it is very crucial for men. I mean, he explains it very well, but it is very important to know where we came from in order for us to guide ourselves forward into where we're going. Like you have to know what your tomorrow was. So that you can go forward into what your, or I'm sorry, your yes, you have to know what your yesterday was, so that you can move forward into your tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's a lack of that. I think it is boomers and et cetera, boomers and just lazy people, sinful fallen people that are just like, yeah, hey, whatever. I don't care about my grandpa. I'm living in my right now. You know, I'm I'm having fun and I'm having I have all this pleasure. You know, whatever. Who cares about what my great grandpa was up to? That's boring and stupid. <laughs> How, it's like, well, that's, no, that's actually going to show you how to make your life better going forward. You know, it offends appreciate, me. Like, appreciate aff- your meaning and your purpose too as you're living out your life. There's so much yeah. stuff. I mean, you can so you can say so much about it. It's like offensive. I'm just like to my soul. I'm like, how dare you? Like, like you have no honor, sir. So, um, so. Okay, so I said we were going to do the lightning round, but I, I'm so glad I didn't forget this because there's something – I was in your chat the other day, and I actually want to ask the fans out there oh, in, yeah. the, oh, yeah. in, the, in the live <laughs> chat your opinions on this. So I made an announcement that uh, Sean and I are going to be releasing a rap album yes, and yeah. under the, the moniker uh, Rich and Thirsty. Okay, uh, Sean's last stream was called Rich and Thirsty. Yeah. Um, so Young I'm a, rich and a little thirsty. I'm, I'm a rapper. I'm a, I'll show Sean how to do it. You know, like maybe you could be the backup dancer or whatever. But here's my question. And I think this there's a, a case to be made with each one. Which one of us is rich and which one of us is thirsty? And I'll give, give my thoughts up front is I actually think that you are rich and I am thirsty. Now, when I think about, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how much money you have, um, just on laws of averages or whatever. I think I am richer in terms of monetary, but that's not what I think about when I think about rich and thirsty. I see it as like soil. It's <laughs> like, you're a little more rich. Like you do book reviews. You, you, you got like this lush landscape behind you. Whereas I'm this like yeah. thirsty, I'm yeah. like this thirsty ass dude. <laughs> like I've always been this like thirsty ass dude. And I just think that you are rich and I'm thirsty. Now I could be persuaded to the opposite, but that is another thesis of mine that you are, th- you are rich and I am thirsty. Um, yeah. What's your young, thoughts? Young, young, rich and a little thirsty. Yeah. Top of the charts. <laughs> Top in our charts with our debut album, Sin and Skin. <laughs> sin and Skin. Oh, oh, I forgot about that, dude. Or Skin and Sin. How could I mistake that? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that that young, young. I think like young. Like, how tall are you again? I'm like just under six foot. Okay. I'm one of those guys that I'm like literally five eleven, but then yeah. I feel bad when you're like I'm five eleven. It's like, oh well, 
Mm. <laughs> I, I think so height, like if you say six foot, it's like you're not six foot. Why are you lying about that? And then when you say you're five eleven, yeah, people who are like five six usually say they're five eleven, right? I, I literally think it's young, rich, and Lil Thirsty. Like, you're yeah. young, rich, and I'm Lil Thirsty. Um, Set of a Candace yeah. says, Lil Thirsty has man calluses on his hands. Lil Rich has soft hands. Well, that would make me rich then because I have softer hands than Sean. He's yeah, building, got, like, walls and shit. Cuts um, and scrapes all over. But also, I disagree, <laughs> Set of a Candace, that it's Lil. Like, it can't be both Lil. I think young, rich, and Lil Thirsty <laughs> is, is, like, <laughs> it has a better ring to it but you guys rich is hilarious because like it would be awesome if you were young and rich right yeah and you're you're younger yeah you're younger a tiny bit thirsty your thirst is is quenchable you know oh that's so great all right so i just wanted to get out there that that, that we will be putting a rap album we'll be crowdfunding a rap album so if you you get to get the donations out there then uh we'll be putting it towards the production of our rap album okay um caretaker says when i think of rich it means lots of butter or cream filling and satisfying um mm. soft hands Steven. look it's softer look it's softer than sean's not mine look, look i'm they're softer, hard, not er, soft. softer yeah. i work in the field um hard and, and they say um so, excuse me softer uh and quest says let's uh take in let's take steven's word about the hand softness anyway all right so we have some uh lightning round questions uh you know so we're doing some some uh fast stuff um okay so woodchuck typed in a, a bunch of different ones so yeah first one you know you have to answer these as quick as you can um what are any hobbies you seem like you work and you do like content even though that word's cringe um what are some <laughs> hobbies that you have that aren't you know related to you know work or yeah work or streaming I like building furniture. Wow. And I, I keep going back and forth whether I want to pursue a job in like carpentry, but my whole life, and that's another thing about heritage. My dad was a carpenter. My grandpa wasn't, but my great grandpa and his great grandpa were like carpenters. <laughs> so I kind of have that just meant like mindset of like wanting to build stuff. It just feels very natural. So like, actually I was trying to get rid of my green screen that I have right now, mm-hmm. but behind me is like a wood wall I made. Like you okay. can't see it. Cool. I'm, like hitting it. You made it. Um, just, ripped apart pallets, sanded them down, put them together, you know, without like any kind of specific blueprint, like stuff like that. Just really like, that's like, yeah, like this feels good in my blood is like ripping stuff apart, rebuilding it, you know, making something useful out of it. So the, uh, my hobby is just kind of that kind of constantly pursuing little projects to do some kind of like building. That's yeah. why I say builder in my little moniker or whatever, my little slogan for myself. Cool. Yeah, that's do you uh, do you do any do you actually like all jokes aside, do you do any music? Do you like like other than rapping, obviously? Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you play any instruments? I actually, or, um... Funny enough, I used to be a rapper in uh, high school. What? And, uh, it kind of started off as a stupid oh. little joke and then we kind of got pretty good. Oh, um, we might called, do this album, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. What? Oh, shit. and I'm just good at like beat editing and just kind of splicing. Like, I just kind of have like, a good, like, I don't know what you'd call it, like internal time clock. I can just kind of feel rhythms and kind of put them together very well. Um, but I don't play music. I mean, I play the ukulele a little bit. I can play like 10 songs on the ukulele, you know? <laughs> I can kind of make some pretty noise on a guitar, but it doesn't, you know, I don't really know how to play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my rap group in high school was bread basket and my, uh, it was a rap group, me, two white boys and a black, a black kid, the bread basket. And my name was the Doughboy. <laughs> this is awesome. And everything was like bread puns, like making the, making the bread, making the fun, you know? 
and he's the yeast will rise yeah well i was gonna <laughs> say Co- Co- cosby victim 33911 in the chat says is that rap unleavened so you answer no, the question you know, the yeast is yeast rising is baby <laughs> Damn, that's so funny i didn't that's hilarious i mean i, I yeah. up until this point was entirely joking about the rap album <laughs> but i didn't know you rapped dude. that might be hilarious yeah. man holy yeah. crap I'm down. wow I'm down. okay um so okay so uh what's the best lesson that you have learned in construction oh wow um best lesson well there's a lot of like little ones like uh don't drop blocks on your toes you know you kind of like learn in the moment like yeah definitely don't do that again like that pain response you know almost like spanking a child it's like yeah you're not gonna want to do that again there's punishment for that kind of thing um but the 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 work i do is actually pretty profound because a lot of it is just a lot of just dumb brute strength like moving blocks around but then it can be very like precise as well i mean if you're a centimeter off an inch off it's going to really compound as you move right. up the wall. Like yeah. it's going to become a bigger problem. Dude. So there's like a, it's this weird mix that is kind of really interesting in the moment when it's like, you have to be super precise with a lot of things. And then some things just like, I rake that gravel, whatever, you know, that's yeah, good enough. Go, 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 go on to the next thing. Um, but just that precision. I mean, construction is a lot of precision and people can think like, you know, if you're like manning a track hoe or something, or, you know, working a loader or a dump truck, you're just like, ah, it's, whatever, you're just driving a car around and hitting buttons on a machine. But there is a lot of mental gymnastics that goes into that. You have to really be precise and the stakes are pretty high. Yeah. I mean, you're using very expensive machines. There's a lot like, you know, if you're not looking, if you're not paying attention to where people are around you, I mean, you could kill people. You know, so it's a weird thing where like such a big now profound respect for a lot of people in the construction field where it's like, you actually do have a lot of like mental capacity And you are like having a lot of like attention to details, whereas it can kind of be perceived as like any dumb idiot can do it, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's very profound. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely got to learn how to build because I mean, I had had this guy, (laughs) this guy by me, he's like 70 and this guy, he's awesome. He comes by and like helps me and he helped me like do, he basically did most of the work on the, the chicken shack, but he showed me how to work with lumber and stuff. And this guy was just incredible. He just mapped it. He, he, he did like a little ass sketch. And then he just like rebuilt the whole frame. He just knew, <laughs> and it was just so precise, man. This guy, he was actually raised on a um, a mission in like Rwanda or Kenya or something like that. And he was he just been wow. making stuff out of like take an old door to a car and put it at like as the gate for. He's been makeshift doing the, in like the makeshift salvage salvage game for like. 60 years so it was just it's so much respect for those type of people um well i don't think it's a mistake that real quick i know it's lightning round so it's fine don't worry about it lightning round with me is never lightning round. (laughs) but real quick like there's no it was not a mistake that jesus was a carpenter Mm. you know he was a tradesman and that was for his own sake and for ours too to learn the lessons of that like there is a lot to be said about people who are like salt of the earth building know how to plan stuff out and carry out those plans and put the work in that's necessary to get the job done. You can't give up. You can't quit halfway through, and you have to fix your mistakes. I mean, if you're making mistakes, you can't really just walk away from them. You can't give up. You have, like, a lot of um, responsibility on your shoulders um, in a lot of these various trade jobs, not just carpentry or just, you know, retention wall building or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas on the outside, it can seem just kind of silly. Like you're just following a blueprint and you're just it's like the least in. silly. It's like yeah. the least silly thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
uh, oh yeah, this is from me, but this is a question that I ask to every single one of my guests because there's been a small debate and I've been converted, uh, by this, uh, is, okay. If you are telling me in a, in a casual conversation that you had consumed a book recently, but you listened to it, do you say that you listened to the book or that you, that not if you're pushed about it, I'm saying if you don't think about it, you're just like, oh yeah, I, I read a book. Okay, or, or I listen to a book. Which one do you say when it's an audio book? You, do you say you've read it or you've listened to it? That's a good question because, like, I probably would just say I read it, but I wouldn't, like, shy away from Like, if someone was like, oh, like, do you have a copy? I'd be like, oh, no, I did an audio book. Mm. Like, it's not like a weird, shameful thing. Like, oh, I don't want to say I listened to it because I'm all day listening to podcasts and audio books, you know? Yeah. I have no shame in it, but I just right. kind of – that's a good point because I would – you know, if I was telling someone, like, I was just telling you about a podcast, yeah. I'm like, hey, this podcast, go check it out. But it, like, if I just did an audio book, I would say, hey, go check this book out. Even yeah, though I listened to it. Right. You know, it's, 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 like, it's kind of an, yeah. in your mind. It is kind of like a difference of it's not just a podcast. It's a book. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, I will say we like there's uh, there's actually probably some shame being thrown around right now in the live chat because this was a contentious thing a couple weeks ago. Really? And I, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like we're kind of bullshitting with each other. But like, oh, yeah, that's you know, like, you know, it's uh, like and so set of is saying in the in the chat, um, the readers versus the hearers. <laughs> that's how we've like divided <laughs> up each other. Spooky. I do like I prefer to read. Like I, yeah. read, like, I have like but you books. can't do like, stuff I like with your to hands, like read dude. physically. Reading Read is books. better. Reading's better, but like you don't, there's just you don't have your hands free. So but I just don't mind audiobooks. I know some people are very against them. them. Yeah, like I, I just, well, I mean, while I'm working, why not listen to an audiobook? You know, yeah. it's like manage your time well. Um, so, yeah, but you, I do. If I had a preference, like if I have two hours right now, like. I just read this book, Kingdom Man, you know, a couple yeah. weeks ago. I'm about to start Screw Tape Letters. Yeah, it's like Great. I'm going to get a copy budget some of my time in my day to sit down and read it with a physical copy so that I can highlight it, really like get into it. Mm -hmm. But I don't like, I'm not anti audiobooking it. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I just don't, I don't see why, why some people are like this or that. I just kind of think they both kind of serve their purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, is your hair real? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's from, I believe, set of I've been my yeah. whole life. I've been so scared because my dad is super bald. My grandpa <laughs> was super bald. His, you know, his dad, his daddy was super bald. His dad, his dad, his daddy was super bald. But uh, apparently you get your hair from my mom because uh, I still have it. Nice, nice. <laughs> I was yeah. kind of like I used to like wear my hair long and curly because I'm like, I got to enjoy this while I still have it, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> apparently it's, apparently it's hanging on. And my girlfriend is a cosmetologist, so she does hair. So she cuts my hair. So I, cool. all my haircuts now are free, which is dope. Very nice. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> mine too. What, I, what I've been doing is shaving my head for about, about three years. Yeah, mine too. Um, my girlfriend claims I'm going to have, you know, good hair for a while. So yeah, I'm, you seem, I'm kind of, you seem like you got, got the fresh air that I'm, I'm not going to have to get the hair plugs, the Trump right. plugs or whatever, you know, <laughs> Trump what, clips. There's a couple from Woodchuck. He typed in a few in a row. So we'll bang these out. What or who was your first stepping stone towards truth? a podcaster a so not like one not the most influential but like the first one so oddly enough it's jesse Lee peterson mm, interesting. so my testimony involves you know i was just horribly bad you know I'm, you can check out my testimony on my site and all my podcasts and i'm actually gonna do a stream in the future where i really truly give it and just the power of testimonies in general but i mean i went to go kill myself i was literally in an uber driving to a bridge to jump off of it in san diego you know I mean, that's how bad it was. 
Um, and I get in an Uber and the guy's just this jolly black man who just starts joking with me and just, you know, he's, 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 he's pumping me up and he's making me laugh and he's distracting me. And he's like, Hey man, you, you seem like you, like you like comedy and you know, you, you seem like a good, good, good young man. You should check out this guy, Jesse Lee Peterson. No way. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? And then we just start talking. He starts talking about like, what is a man? And you know, he's like, wow. he's like asking about my, my relationship with my parents. And I was just like, like, this guy's reading my life like a book, you know? And then all of a sudden I was just like, we were, we're like driving across the bridge and I'm just like, Oh, like, what do I do now though? Like I had just given away a bunch of stuff you know, wrote letters, quit my job. Like, I mean, I was on my way to go just be done with everything. And now all of a sudden I'm like, he's like dropping me off at this beach in Coronado Island. You know, if anyone's familiar with San Diego, it was driving over the Coronado Bridge. Drops me off at this place that I just randomly picked and it was like a beach. And I just sat there and got on YouTube and started looking up Jesse Lee Peterson. And from that moment, it was just over, you know? (laughs) It just started with inspiration. It started with just like, Oh, this guy's pretty funny. You know, a lot of that like red pill kind of stuff I was kind of buying into in the, at the time. And, you know, just kind of slowly but surely led me to the Bible. You know, it still took me a while. It still took me a month or two to really, truly like crack it open. You know, I still was kind of like holding out. But I mean, I went from being atheist and going to kill myself to literally in one car ride, being a firm believer that God is real and being inspired to seek him out by Jesse Lee Peterson. You Dude, know? So I always get him mind blowing, you know, man. Found Owen Benjamin along the way. He was a big help with a lot of that too, you know. And again, you know, Roosh V also, you know, I can relate with a lot of his story as well. So just seeing these like men of God just be like inspiring. And regardless of what you agree or disagree with them, you know, you may love them, you may hate them. But at the end of the day, they will also tell you, go seek for yourself. You know, all three of them. So as long as you're not falling into like this weird culty behavior where you're like, I believe everything they say. I put my, my trust in you, man. You know, that's pretty bad. Yeah, they do all do the, all those people can do a really good job of leading you to God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then ever since it's just been sermons, Bible study groups, different pastors, preachers, you know, reading for myself, you know, praying, like there's a lot of stuff along the way ever since then. But that original spark was oddly enough, Jesse Dude, Peterson. So that is just a great have story, a, man. Yeah. Jeez, that is insane. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Okay, so so um, cats or dogs? You a dog guy or a cat guy? Dogs, dogs. for sure. Okay. Um, what's your favorite genre of music? That's a good one. I'm really into folk right now and like country, bluegrass. I've really been getting into that uh, the white boy summer music, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's white boy yeah, summer uh, music. <laughs> also, I mean, I like I like listening to your streams. I really like like my girlfriend actually love her. But she hates your singing. She but hates my like, singing. Yeah. Wow. She's very, she hates my singing too. She hates yeah. like bad singers. She's mm. picky Am I a bad about singer? that. Now I'm all, now I, I'm all I don't think self-conscious. So. Yeah. See, I don't think so. I, so I make her listen to streams like, watch, this is awesome. This is beautiful. Like, <laughs> Which ones? Jump up the Sunday morning ones or the, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, dude. My voice is terrible during those. <laughs> yeah, dude. I just woke up. Yeah, dude. But it it's beautiful like, music and yeah. it's coming from a, a good heart. You know, yeah. like, that's what it's soul. There's soul in it. There's a good, you know. <laughs> tell her to it's pop by on a Friday. Coming tell, out tell her to pop by after my know? voice is warmed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't think I have that good of a voice either. But the people like it. Dang. Yeah, now I'm gonna go cry. Uh, I'm gonna go cry, cry with my chickens. Um, how many? Uh, how many kids is too many kids to have? None. I mean, never. 
Never enough. I think you should just, I mean, that's the joke with me and my girlfriend is like, I'm always like, yeah, we're going to have like eight, hopefully 12, 13, 14 kids, but like at least eight. Yeah. Sorry, Sedevacantis says throws girlfriend under the bus bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Facts, facts. She'll probably see this. She'll yeah. probably see this sometime. She knows yeah. it. She knows it. It's true. I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. You know? I might be snitching, but I'm not lying. <laughs> All right. Yeah, if only that worked when it was like the real, like, like, buddy did it. Like, like in the hood. It's like, buddy, buddy, you're, buddy, he did it. Like, that'll save me. Like, oh, man. Uh, are we, is the stream good? Okay, people are complaining about that. I don't, I think it's in your guys' end. Okay, last question, then we'll get out of here. Have you plug your stuff, things like that. What would you do if you had a billion dollars? I don't know. I used to be like, man, I'll do this. I would do that. I'm like, honestly, give me like a couple million and I'll have a, a very solid, impactful ministry for the rest of my life. Mm. And I can't imagine at this point in my life wanting anything other than that. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is just having, having a big family, being a good member of my community, being an amazing husband and an amazing father. And other than that, like all the things and the stuff, I'm so just like, whatever <laughs> i literally don't care if i'm like in a shack that like pioneers had you know with like candlelight or if i'm in a mansion for some reason like whatever it is that's going to help me minister to people who need it um that's kind of the resources i need so the billion dollars thing is like i don't i'd try to give it away mm. but even that's tricky because how do you give it away without corrupting other souls yeah like, how could you give all this money away without actually leading those people astray you know so maybe just like like the Joker, just stack it all in, in cash and burn it. Yeah, I mean, I would probably move to Waco, Texas, and buy some sort of compound and become. And, uh, no, you know, based. I'm in. Based, dude. I would just you know do that, and then like maybe like grow my hair long, get in really good shape, yeah. develop Play my some public, music. public speaking yeah. skills, and uh, try to influence young minds. Yeah, get a nice gun collection. Like, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, friend the locals. You know, try to like <laughs> spread influence somewhat. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so with you. You're in. Yeah, yeah, great, man. We'll do a rap album. That's you tight. know what would be pretty dope though is like buying a ghost town and like mm. actually kind of using that as like let's build a mm. community of like-minded people and just crush like yeah. out somewhere. You know, like or just build, <laughs> build your own town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, instead of a Cantus says killdozer collection. Disavow. Yeah. <laughs> Disavow. Why don't I just make one really good one? You are like it's, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble, but that shit is, you know. <laughs> all right. Sweet. All right. Uh, the Sean V Planet. That right. bulldozer has sale. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, like no, no, no. This is jokes, just jokes. Um Sean V Planet, everybody. This will be a podcast in a couple days. Why don't you tell the people I got your stuff linked below in the show description, but this will be a podcast. So why don't you tell the people in audio form how to find your work and then we'll skedaddle. Awesome. Yeah, that's is just SeanVplanet.com. It kind of has links to everything. A uh, good explanation of who I am and what I'm up to. Um, and then just follow me. Just YouTube, BitChute. I started a Rumble. I guess Rumble is good. <laughs> started <laughs> uploading my videos to Rumble.com. And then just social media sites, podcast places. Just type in S-E-A-N-V-P-L-A-N-E-T and you'll find me. Being up, you know, trying to spread the gospel and spread inspiration and optimism and hope. You know, yep. faith, loyalty and hope in all the places. Yeah, and I definitely recommend you guys read uh, Sean's blogs. Really good stuff over there. He's a good writer. And you're 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays, or when's... 11 Eastern, 10 Central, which honestly, even... 
I love you, man. I love you. But the one thing I hate about you is that you live in Eastern time. <laughs> it's the one true time you zone, moved though. to Tennessee, and you didn't even move to the good time oh, zone. No, you, you need to move over here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Do it. Yeah. yeah, and one day soon, man, uh, we got to make plans in person. I mean, I'm down to make yeah, a drive. Absolutely. Uh, definitely got to get up soon. We're, we're, you know, Tennessee's a long maybe, state, though, you know. Maybe the men's conference. We can meet in Chattanooga. Ooh, we'll we talk. Can meet down in, we can meet down in Nuga and then road trip road trip yeah. down to florida yeah that's tight. <laughs> all right well great thanks for thanks for coming on man god bless you this is a great you, chat we'll talk Bobby, soon you keep okay? up all the great work dude. all right take care I man love much it. love all right see you awesome mick awesome sawsome sean v planet let's see if we can get this enabled again uh oops 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 did it wrong again twill be a podcast in several days. I think that the Jordan Peterson one needs to come out, out soon. Not that I interviewed him, but that I did the takedown, the epic takedown of Jordan Peterson. That was great. Great talk. Yeah, that, that guy's a good one. He's a good in, as they say. Hang out for a couple minutes, then we'll get out of here. Yeah, it was great. Yo, it was great. Sean is a good guy. Um, it's, it's weird. Like, I've never met the guy in person. We'll do it one day, but... Uh, um, Feels like I've met him in person, but I have not. 